Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited with Dr. Sonia Jensen and myself. Um, as you know, on this channel, we're all about talking about hormones and relationships and how these things are affecting us on a daily basis. Most importantly, we want to help you really understand how your hormones are being affected. And so what does that actually look like? It could be like fatigue or headaches or menstrual irregularities for women to... Insomnia. Insomnia, feeling mm-hmm. like you're not motivated as, as you once were, maybe more chronic pain than, than before. Um, but it can look like a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how it impacts you might vary from your partner. So that's what creates some confusion in couples. And sometimes we don't understand what's going on with our counterparts because we're not in their bodies. We don't know maybe how their hormones work. And so through this education, what we're hoping is that you guys get to understand each other more deeply. Yeah, and you get to understand it from a male and female perspective and how these hormonal fluctuations can affect us on a regular basis. So if this is content you're enjoying, make sure you like and subscribe uh, to our podcast and stay connected to all the upcoming content that we're, that we're going to be keep uh, sharing with you guys. So today we're going to dive a little bit more into understanding this terminology around progesterone. In the last podcast, we talked a lot about the cycle changes and, and sometimes this can feel kind of heavy and complex and whatnot. So we're trying to make it fun and and understandable, but um, uh, this this reality of progesterone going through massive changes throughout a woman's cycle, um, and also just how it affects men too. We're going to be discussing some of that as well. Um, but sort of let's set the stage for why progesterone can become so depleted and mm-hmm. how that relates to the other core hormone for a woman, which is estrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we've touched before on how they work within a cycle. So estrogen dominates in the follicular phase, which is the first half, and then progesterone should dominate in the luteal phase, which is the second half. But there's so many things that will impact our estrogen, which will then relay information to the progesterone on how much it gets to rise. And when it doesn't rise, that's when symptoms start to show up. So most of us, I would say, are sitting in an estrogen dominant state, and that's because of our environment. So foods, chemicals, all the various things. So when it comes to estrogen itself, its job is to, one, give us like focus, it helps our memory, it helps uh, lubrication, it's like a moisturizer, it's good for your skin, it's good for your heart. So there's many, many different benefits, but it's when it gets out of hand, depending on how our gut's working or our environmental factors, all those things, it will impact how much progesterone, again, will rise in that luteal phase because they work at a ratio with one another. And so progesterone is the hormone that helps us feel calm. It's um, anti-inflammatory. It's very nourishing for the nervous system. So when we don't get that, we're, of course, going to have different symptoms. Mm -hmm. And there's many reasons for why we get in this state. So I think understanding even just what these hormones do, like Mm -hmm. they're really communication tools. It's almost like they're they're assessing the state of the environment and then they're encouraging our body to respond accordingly. Right. So I would think of a lot of things in our environment become 
estrogen mimickers, which is why we can become dominant in, in estrogen. You know, it could be plastics, it could be pesticides, it could be phthalates, it could be uh, the heavy metals in the environment. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, because hormones communicate, communicate across our cell membranes and they actually go inside of our cells to change the way our genes are expressing, these are really the communication tools that, that tell our genes to transcribe for proteins and, and heal the body or you know, uh, help the nervous system or help put down new bone or muscle uh, in the body. So they're, they're really important. And it's, it's mind-blowing to think that there's other things in our environment that can talk to our cells in the same kind of way, like plastics, like phthalates, like, like things like that. That, that really take over the role of some of what our natural endogenous hormones are supposed to be doing. Yeah, like we don't realize our everyday habits are impacting these because we're not educated on it from a young age. And, you know, we've started having these conversations with our boys around hormones and why we choose organic, why we choose the lifestyle that we do, why I don't like chemical cleaners and all these things. So the more we start to understand, the easier it is to make choices knowing that this is for my longevity, my vitality, and that just isn't information that we were ever given. So it's confusing for a lot of people of like, but I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know, those things don't impact me because they don't know the direct relationship between our choices in our environment and what's going on internally with ourselves. Yeah, and it, it shows how resilient we are, right? We were kind of making a joke today about our son is going to... Um, like a 7-Eleven kind of place or like, right. a, like a quickie mark kind of a place mm -hmm. where the, the teacher is going to buy everybody a Slurpee. And then you had a conversation with uh, Kyan before school, um, you know, because it's these little things that we make decisions on. We may not see the impact tomorrow or the next day or it may just be a drop in energy, which would make sense with a high sugar spike and then a crash. But there's other things inside that Slurpee like dyes and things like that which are chemicals that can, can disrupt our hormonal system. But maybe to talk a little bit about that conversation and, and how we educate our kids around what they're choosing to put into their body. Yeah, so as soon as I saw that email, I wrote the teacher right away. I was like, okay, well, he can't, you know, we don't give them Slurpees, but there's different options that he has. And she was really great about it. And I talked to him and I was like, well, you can either take something from home or I can give you money to buy a different um, drink that might be there. Maybe there's a Zevia, maybe there's like a sparkling water just so, you know, he feels like he's included. And you mentioned something today. You were like, oh, I feel like we sometimes feels like we're depriving our kids and we had to like shift that right away it's not deprivation it's education mm -hmm. and so i just talked to him and told him the reason why i mean these are the dyes that are in the slurpees i mean he's pretty good he he gets he does, it yeah. unless you know like we joke we're like maybe he's having one right now and we have no <laughs> idea but he understands the why and so then he can then you know stand on his ground when it comes to making these choices because it's hard at that age where there's like peer pressure and you're like seeing other kids do something yeah. and so we're constantly having these conversations of like you might make different choices than people around you because either their education around it is different or maybe they just don't know or whatever it might be but it's up to you to make those choices for you mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, if we took a step back and look at some statistics, we know that fertility rates are declining. Mm -hmm. We know that sperm counts are dropping. We know that categorically hormones seem to be decelerating or going down uh, in people at a faster rate. So there are signs of these, you know, hormonal imbalances. We just don't always know how to correlate the two. And these are the things that we see in clinic all the time. You know, whether we're running a heavy metal test, finding high mercury, lead, or cadmium, or some other estrogen 
mimicking uh, metal that's disrupting our hormonal system or it's the day-to-day -day stuff. But I think most people, because we do live more in the moment when it comes to our symptoms, we're not correlating back a couple weeks, months, years of even how we grew up. You know, we, we talk about this as well, just like early childhood medications and things like that. Like I was on a boatload of antibiotics when I was a kid because of ear infections and different things. Mm -hmm. Had my parents known at that time that I probably had this heavy dairy sensitivity. We knew I had peanut allergy. I was asthmatic. There was a bunch of environmental impacts that were affecting my health. And then, you know, what kind of effect does that have on our hormonal system? And, and what does that mean for our growth and our development? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so I think just understanding, so estrogen dominance is almost like a reality now for many of us and it's these things are in our environment and we can't always control them so we try to control what we can. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate, like is it estrogen dominance or is it progesterone deficiency or is it both? Like there's all these variable ways that it may show up for somebody so this is where testing comes into play. Definitely. Yeah. So let's let's talk now about, you know, so this is sort of some of the story around how we get to this place of estrogen dominance or progesterone deficiency. Maybe one little bookend for progesterone deficiency. Progesterone is a precursor to cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'll turn in. I did it again. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get her to finish my sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, progesterone is a precursor to cortisol or stress hormone. And so when, when our stress is high, we're, we're shunting a lot of that progesterone into cortisol, right? Like right now. <laughs> like right now. Okay. Yeah. So cortisol, like Nick said, is our stress hormone. And we've talked a lot about how stress itself will impact just the communication of our hormones and how that will then play a role in um, how much progesterone rises again in that luteal phase. And it's in that phase where we don't feel well. So if we can look at, you know, is it the estrogen? Is it the stress? Is it all of that? Is it the physical, chemical, emotional? Like bringing all of that back together to understand, okay, which aspects of those can I control and understand so that I do get those nice curves throughout the month mm -hmm. and in my cycle. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so jumping into the next topic around progesterone is, is what does this look like or how is this affecting men versus women and how is this affecting relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So do you want to start with some dialogue on this topic? Yeah, so when we talked about estrogen dominance, um, often we're just talking about women, but really it's impacting a lot of men today too. So if um, men aren't getting the right amount of testosterone and like motivation and all those things that they need because of the estrogen dominance, then that's going to impact a relationship. Because if, say for example, like the woman doesn't understand like why he may not be helping around the house or just not motivated at work and everything's falling on her shoulders and she's, all, she's already overwhelmed because she's estrogen dominant and low progesterone, then it's going to create this friction in the relationship because there isn't an understanding that what we're doing every day, what I'm cooking with, you know, what's in the environment is actually making a difference in my partner's mood. Mm -hmm. Big time. And, and yeah, so we can both, it's not just women who bioaccumulate estrogen, it's men too, obviously. We all live in this, in this world that's complicated as it is uh, environmentally, but also socially, emotionally, relationship-wise, family-wise. There's a lot of dynamics that play a role on affecting us getting out of balance, right? So you mentioned, you know, just the, the effect of men and maybe men, you know, for, for us, maybe it is more 
obvious when it comes to energy production, weight gain, um, pain, and sort of chronic aches and, and pains and issues, around, even issues around sleep, not getting good quality sleep. And so looking at sort of this uh, set of symptoms as a way to, to start to understand the hormonal system a little bit more is, um, is critically important. So just like for women, progesterone's really powerful at helping to support the mood and cognition and deep relaxation. And when we get a huge amount of stress as well, our progesterone will also deplete. And so there's something called pregnenolone, which is actually the mother hormone that converts into progesterone, which then goes down to make cortisol. This pregnenolone is, is, is like an adrenal marker. So your adrenal system plays a huge role in why progesterone could also get depleted. So again, when we're chronically in that stressed out state, we're gonna be preferring a, a pathway in our body that's gonna support stress management as opposed to like muscle growth and development and a lot of the anabolic support the testosterone would give us. And that com compounded by environmental estrogens are gonna have a huge influence on our body's ability to actually you know, convert testosterone into its more potent forms or is it gonna get converted into estrogen because we're more depleted in our minerals and our vitamins and things like that and there's just such a huge overwhelm of these environmental estrogen impacts. So I know that's a lot of stuff, but the point is, is there's many different inputs that can affect how our hormones get balanced. And so mm -hmm. relationally, yeah, that the man may just feel more lethargic, less engaged in the family, making excuses for why they may not be completing something uh, and just lacking some of that purpose and that drive to feel more like yourself. And, and I think too many of us as men just sort of give up on the fact that, well, it's just because I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm meant to feel pain. I'm meant to be tired. I'm meant to have excuses why I can't play with my kids or whatever that story is, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's got a huge impact on the relationship. Yeah, so for women too, if we're talking about the luteal phase where progesterone is supposed to rise, but if we're stuck in those states, then there's more irritability, there's more um, sadness too. So it can vary in regards to our emotional body and then it can be really easy to be more reactive um, to something really, really simple that maybe we didn't react to in that first phase. So then how we see our partner changes, how we're relating to our kids start to change and then all of a sudden beyond that show, uh, guilt and shame start to show up because we know that's not who we are and yet we're feeling reactive it's almost like there's this voice telling us in our minds like hey you don't have to say that but we say it anyways because it's like we're not in control we're not in the driver's seat anymore because all these things are overwhelming the system and the communication system inside yeah definitely i mean i like to think of it as like bandwidth you only have a certain amount of bandwidth each day and, and as you know, there's different influences that are pulling your energy in different directions or like expectations from, from work or your partner or family demands or, you know, what's, you know, what kind of travel plans are coming up or what kind of, you know, what are, what are things in the future that have yet to show up that you're thinking about and consuming your time. So a lot of our energy gets just mm -hmm. blasted out in a multitude of different directions, which then like, then you still have to find a way to connect with your partner, right? Yeah. And sometimes uh, like it just comes across as abrasive or short, um, or you're, you're in a place where you're starting to expect your partner to finish your sentences. Right. Yeah. Like today. <laughs> well, you said expectation. I did a video the other day on sexpectation. Oh, yeah, I heard that word that. by Dr. Jolene Brighton. She was on uh, women of impact podcast. 
And I loved how she like wove all that together. I mean, we've talked about testosterone before, but even estrogen, if estrogen's not doing what it's meant to do because its receptors are bombarded by the environmental toxins and whatnot, that's the hormone that helps us feel sexy in our body, makes us feel good, more voluptuous, just really, um, it's that feminine hormone. And if that's not there, in the same way it needs to be, it's going to shift how we step into ovulation and that libido phase. And so it's going to change our relationship with our body and also then how we show up intimately with our partners. And then if progesterone is low and there's more irritability and our nervous system is just really rocked and we're feeling overwhelmed all the time and it's high cortisol, high stress, we can't actually be in the present moment. So then that too creates a distance between us and our partners because we can't be present or we can't switch all of that off. And I love that she was speaking to, you know, for men, it's they have such a rush of hormones when it comes to intimacy in that moment. So their brain, the only thing they're focusing on is that moment. Whereas for women, we don't have that. So it takes... You should try it. It's really great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> So for us, it takes a lot to actually let go in that moment and be present or even in our everyday just to like be present in a conversation because our minds are just everywhere all the time. And then so not throw life there and then throw on top of that, we have the imbalance in our hormones. So there's like this internal irritability that's there all the time. It's going to make it harder for us to communicate with others or to make plans or to even like find creativity and find joy and find all those things, which then, you know, creates this distance within, but also within like the relationships. So how would you define sex expectation then? That you kind of, you maybe kind of right, but like, that there's an expectation that we should feel the same all the time and that we should be able to step into it instantly. And when we don't, there's a lot of shame and guilt around it because mm -hmm. our partner doesn't know how it feels to be in this body yeah. and experience that lack of hormones yeah. the, I mean, and that this, dysfunction. This is such a, such an important conversation. We've talked about the intimacy podcast yeah. where, where mm -hmm. we kind of laid out some of this information too, but this is huge mm -hmm. because and then on the man's side, on the on that relationship side, he he could just feel resentment, right. and I think or when, rejected, yeah, or oh, yeah. totally, mm -hmm. all all of the above. And I think this is when this kind of goes undealt or untreated or unsupported for a long time. This is where relationships break down. This mm -hmm. is where there's infidelity to, you know, divorce. There's all sorts of things because intimacy and physical connection for one partner might be really strong and might be a high need. And for the other partner, because of other life circumstances, maybe childhood upbringing, all sorts of other, you know, traumas and things like that, they may not connect quite the same way as, as in which their partner wants to connect. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then you throw in a hormonal challenge on top of all that. It can be really, yeah, it can be really difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's expectation. That's, that's understanding the relationship between progesterone uh, for men and women. And then we're going to talk about what are some amazing things that people could do to support progesterone health mm -hmm. in their body. Yeah, so I think you talked about it before. It's it's the stress piece. So for, you know, coming off of just talking about like couples, if we can start communicating the overwhelm, sharing the load and creating like understanding because like all we want as humans is to be understood. 
And when we feel that lack of understanding, that's what's creating the resentment and the stress and keeping us in that fight or flight state. So if one, if we can create moments of communication and then tools that maybe independently help us relax and feel more connected and grounded, it'll then tell the brain like, hey, she doesn't have to be in the state all the time. She doesn't need to survive. She can actually thrive. So I don't need to keep converting this progesterone into cortisol. She doesn't need that much anymore or he doesn't need that much anymore. So I think really working on our stress levels is like the number one thing we need to do for mm-hmm. our hormones. Yeah, and we did a podcast on worry and just like yeah. how often we <clears throat> you play out that behavior, that emotion, whatever you want to call it. But um, it's something that occupies so much of our time and then it keeps us in that stress sort of fight or flight state. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for you or some, some really powerful tools that you use to sort of let go and, and get into that space where you can be more progesterone supporting? Yeah, so it feels different to me depending on where I am in my cycle. Like I do notice in my first half, it's easier for me to like pause and recognize what's happening soon as ovulation happens, it's not so easy. Like it's, I'm definitely more reactive. I feel more reactive inside. So I do pause eventually, but it doesn't always happen when I want it to happen. So I find in those weeks, I have to be really careful about my, my energy, my space, my me time, my nutrition, making sure I'm eating enough. Like all those things will contribute to how I'm feeling in my body and how my emotions are feeling, which will then influence like us or how I am with the kids or even how I am with myself. So I just have to be really on top of my morning routine, having that time to myself, making sure I am having more carbs um, and not intermittent fasting too much. Cause I notice in that luteal phase, if I go too long, like today is kind of an example, mm-hmm. I have gone too long with our fa- with my fasting in the morning and I can feel my nervous system feeling shaky. Ungrounded. And I'm just, yeah, just <clears throat> feeling really ungrounded. So the yeah. more I can, you know, make sure I'm doing all the things I need to feel grounded from the nutrition to being outside, um, just me time, all of that will support that stress level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a big one. I would say uh, on, a, on a man's side, um, though progesterone plays a smaller role, mm-hmm. but an important one, but I would say that for me, when I feel like I've been productive and I feel like I've gotten some things done, that really motivates me to be in a more state of balance and supporting myself. I also know that for us, we can also, and, and this can happen for women too, where they just push themselves beyond and they think that the norm is some sort of like, you know, goal setting reality where you're constantly pushing towards the, you know, your ultimate expression of productivity. And I think we can get stuck in a, in a rut that way too. Mm-hmm. So obviously having some, some balance there and recognizing where you're pushing too hard, maybe and where you need to, to step into, um, you know, solitude mm-hmm. and serenity. I think it's also an opportunity, um, to like assess the mental load that we carry all the time and what we do with it like the thoughts, like maybe, you know, for everyone listening to just paying attention to, for this is for women and you can maybe speak to the men It's like, okay, my follicular phase, what kind of thoughts am I having and what am I entertaining? In my luteal phase, are those thoughts changing and what am I entertaining there? And how can I course correct when I go down a path that I know isn't going to serve me? Because the more I feel like we start to pay attention to those nuances, 
like you were saying, like for men, it could be like productivity. But women, when they're in that follicular phase, they can overdo it. So then mm. all of a sudden now they're in that last phase and they're already burnt out. They're spent. Yeah. yeah, they're spent because of that. So just really paying attention to like, what am I always entertaining and paying attention to in my mind? And how is that going to serve my body? Mm-hmm. I'd say one other thing too, just for the progesterone support, we know that progesterone plays a huge role at nighttime when we're sleeping. Yeah. And so even, you know, how do we sort of sleep hack or really be maybe more diligent for women in that second half of their cycle? Maybe you do need to get up bed a little bit earlier on some of those days yeah. to really nurture yourself. So even if your partner's staying up to watch a show or whatever, sometimes you Playing just got NHL. Yeah, doing doing whatever, like whatever <laughs> it takes, or even like reading or like yeah. anything, or yeah. getting work done. You know, what can you do for yourself that's going to support progesterone yeah. by getting to bed a little bit earlier? I think that's yeah. huge. Yeah, so that progesterone piece with sleep, it's activating those GABA receptors in the brain. And when we don't have enough progesterone, we can't activate that. Then we can't actually activate melatonin the same way. So I actually get a lot of women about 10 days before their cycle to start taking GABA and melatonin to help improve their sleep. Because if you're listening and you notice a few days before your period, all of a sudden, like sleep, it's just isn't as good as it was before. It's disrupted. You're waking up maybe like two, three o'clock in the morning and you can't fall back asleep or just feeling really um, unrested when you wake up, then you really want to add in something like that to help support that nervous system and that sleep. Yeah, those, those are huge ones. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, magnesium, you could be adding to that stuff. Magnesium too. every day, all day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't even have to be cyclical. That is one that everybody needs every night. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, lastly, but as we're sort of finishing up here, when does someone add in progesterone? Or maybe mm-hmm. maybe before that, do you want to talk about any specific herbs that typically are recommended for progesterone support? Um, but And then when would someone start yeah. using a, a bioidentical hormone? Yeah, well, my favorite herb is um, chase tree. And the reason why we're talking about supporting progesterone is because we're, if we're in an estrogen-dominant state and we're removing those excess estrogens, we then want to work on upregulating that progesterone that's been getting converted into that stress hormone. So chase tree is a really great one because it's working on that connection between the brain and the ovaries. Um, shatavari is another one that's estrogenic and can help your progesterone. It just sounds so cool when you say shatavari. Yes. Say it again. <laughs> shatavari. <laughs> <laughs> so the translation is that it gives you enough energy to deal with, I can't remember if it's a hundred husbands or a thousand, but I usually say a thousand husbands. Mm. So it really builds those adrenal glands up and nutrients like zinc are going to be supportive. B6 is going to be supportive as well. So those are some of the herbs and things that I would utilize. And then if, you know, we're doing all the right things and still women are feeling like irritable or maybe their menstrual cycle is really short or they're just not feeling themselves, um, we will look at progesterone cream and how we can cycle that in. Or if insomnia is a factor, then the progesterone pill before bed, but really looking at your Dutch test, talking to your doctor to understand like when you can bring these tools in to support you. Yeah, and not to open up a whole nother can of worms, but just to mention it, just birth control pills. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times is it that you're having conversations with women around some of the the challenges around birth control and how that also can be kind of messy when it comes to the, the Yeah, that's a system. whole other podcast because you have your progesterone only, you have your other yeah. generations that are from testosterone. So yeah, or that, IUDs. And, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's worth mentioning because a lot of women, you know, even even as a treatment for perimenopause, mm-hmm. um, are still on birth control. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, it's something to bring up with the doctor too, just around, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your hormone plan and being aware of there's many things that influence uh, this, this phase and that can have a direct impact on how your progesterone's mm-hmm. uh, behaving in your body. Yeah, yeah so what about um, bioidentical progesterone for men? Because lately I've been seeing men using it too for sleep and yeah. his nervous system. Well, I think even, you know, because pregnenolone is a precursor to progesterone, right. it makes me wonder like how much one would use, you know, one over the other. Um, and I've only used it with some of our men on, on a rare occasion when, when sleep is just not correcting. But to be honest, when it comes to men, because it's such a small amount that's, that's needed in, in men, usually when they take care of the lifestyle things, they take care of the insulin resistance or like the, the disordered eating, whatever you want to call it, um, all the way to, you know, working too much, not having enough downtime. Like there's many reasons why progesterone gets depleted in it. Mm-hmm. And most people, when we're doing those standard tests, um, blood tests anyways, it get, comes in a normal rhythm very soon after getting more rehabilitation on sleep planning. So, yeah, I think maybe short term, but I would think of like the mother hormone as as more of a support um, because that can pregnenolone can move into DHEA or testosterone, estrogen, but it can also move into progesterone. Mm-hmm. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. These are all, you know, part of the, the, the regular communication that we have even in, in our Health Ignited group mm-hmm. um, that we talk uh, in, in much more detail with these people. And this is our membership plan, so our program, I should say. So anyone who is enjoying these conversations, wants to do deep, deeper dives, wants to be involved in a community setting, come check out the, the Health Ignited uh, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about connection. And we talked about progesterone and stress. So one great way of actually reducing that cortisol in our bodies is to be in connection and community. Yeah, so check it out. And you can go to drsjensen.com to find out more about that one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.